And we're recording, so hello everyone. My name is Chet Kozalski, what's yours? <laughs> and I'm Trevor Miller, and uh, listen, we're gonna talk about pilots. Yeah, so you're probably gonna jump in and be like, oh, they're talking about this show, and I'm gonna hear them talk about this every week. No, we're gonna talk about the first episode of whatever show we talk about, and then that's it, we're gonna move on to the next thing. And we'll probably never talk about that show again. <laughs> <laughs> but don't worry, there's a lot of TV in the world, a lot of shows. A lot of pilots, and you know, we'll either be comparing them to the shows that we know that have happened with that. Sometimes we'll have watched the show. Sometimes, you know, we might watch a pilot for a show that we probably never have watched or never will watch again. This probably give you a lot of variety in there about the kind of things that we watch. Yes. Um, so this... <laughs> so what, yeah, what are we starting with, Trevor? So this, what are we starting with? This first episode... Uh, to say was this first pilot to say was my idea. Yeah, um, you, you, we, we could have started with any TV show. I know. We're starting with this one. I don't so know why. So before we say specifically what we're talking about, the show we're talking about, the pilot episode we're talking about, is of the 2009 Ryan Murphy show, Glee. That's what this, I was going to pull up. I don't know what year it was. The, the, yeah, 2009. Okay. Yes. So, I mean... You say you don't know what year it is. Watching the pilot, you kind of know what year it is. Yes, it has a definite... It almost feels like 2010. And I know that's only a year later, but I feel like the fashion was like... So, fashion from like 2008 to like 2016, 17 was just every year Disney Channel and Fox and like all these networks had competing like color palettes and, and more glitter and more like... You know what I mean? Does that make sense? I can kind of understand that, at least for, like, the more theatrical elements of at least this show. But, you know, at least for my money, watching everything else, everything that looks like just regular high school people, you know, half the cast are just in cheerio and cheerleader costumes the entire time. That's fair. And, okay, not to start here to go into the pilot with this, but I cannot get over the fact that Mercedes at the end of the pilot is like, oh, oh my god, I'll pick out the greatest outfits for us. Red tops and jeans? Oh, I, Whose fucking idea was that? Who was like, oh, this is where the budget goes? I will say, you know, like, <laughs> okay, I guess we're getting into this. So, like, well, let's start from the very beginning. So, this show premieres in May of 2009, and I remember watching it with my family, my mom, my sisters, maybe my dad was there, and, you know, like, I was the youngest kid, so I had no real say of what we watched, I just knew, like, okay, we're just gonna watch this. Didn't they, side note too, sorry, didn't they release the pilot way off from the first season? Yeah, it was weird, the pilot released in May of 2009, I believe, okay. the, like, they did the pilot again, like, in September, I believe, when the show got, like, fully picked up, and yes. was fully done, but, like, so yeah, like, the pilot was released early, and, like, I guess he's really built a buzz around it because the pilot really, as far as, because pilots really are meant to be an encapsulation of what the entire show is going to be. And for a show like this, I can understand why true. they're just like, all right, we're like, this is a really big, high concept. There's going to be a lot of uh, fun musical numbers. Like, it's going to be very progressive. It's going to be very edgy. It's going to be on Fox and it's going to have all this kind of subject matter. And the subject matter they talk about in this pilot episode, there's a lot to get to. Again, we're it's, not talking... it's very 2009. It's extremely of that time. Yeah. So we open, I remember, with the the cheerleaders, the, the cheerios, cheerleaders. as we come to know them, uh, doing uh, one of those big, fun, like, halftime performance routines, but, you know, doing a practice. And for a while, I remember watching this as a kid and being like, oh, my God, like, the cheerleaders are, like, so complicated and stuff like that. Then I grew up and have seen several <laughs> cheerleader performances, and that's kind of how it is. The, the show hypes up how big and, like, 
amazing this cheerleading squad is and they were on fox sports now i remember they bring that up a bunch they're I like forgot about that that's true they were, that scene where they're in like the wow. uh they're in the teacher's lounge where they just they're talking about like the coffee they're talking about the budget cuts oh yes and then yes sue comes in with the coffee she's like my cheerios were on fox sports now and Okay, that was a weird thing too. Sue in the pilot is so much more. She's not like a she's she's a Disney villain through and through. Oh yeah, she's like yeah, but she's, she's so much more like willing to be amicable from the moment we meet her. Like she's willing to like chide them and be like, "Here's coffee." Like whereas later in the season, she walks in a room and immediately is like, "Fuck you!" Like no holds barred. Oh yes. Well, we're not talking about the rest of the season or that's, the series. Of course, we're fair. only talking about like this first episode. Yeah. But in this first episode, you know, they set her up as just kind of like this big demanding force but also she like there are several scenes where they kind of talk about like this is one of those things where whenever they set something in a high school and there's like we're gonna do like the high school story of our time and here's what we're gonna talk about the high school story and like mean girls did this a couple years prior and now this where it's just like in high school there's a hierarchy these people are at the top these people are at the bottom and the people you're rooting for are below that and sue has to be the character to kind of be like okay like, I'm going to be kind of this dominant force, but I'm not going to interfere. I'm just going to kind of be the in my jumpsuit with my shake weight and be like, hey, like, I'm king around here, and you can have your little glee club, and, like, no one's going to give a shit because, you know, we're the Cheerios and we rule. That's true. That yeah. Later, of course, she becomes more of, like, a supervillain, and now yes. she's just kind of, like, just a soccer mom. I think, I think, okay, so I think the irony of the opening scene comes back to, um, so Chet and I on our way to record this podcast, you mentioned bringing on the musical. Yeah. That's exactly what this opening feels like. I, so I wrote. I mean, yes, in terms of the fact that they're cheerleaders wearing red, but. <laughs> well, oh, no, 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 but yes, but I mean, like, aside from just, like, the fact that they're obviously cheerleaders, it has that, like, poppy, like, like the song that they dance to is, oh, like. Oh, yeah. It's just so poppy and electric in a way that was Broadway at that time, like 2009, like trying to find like, out how to transition. Yeah, like those kind of like cheerleading songs that like, they're not really songs in the sense that you would like sit down and listen to them. They're more just kind of like action commands for them to do all like their five little stunts in, per number. Yes, they're like, essentially like 30 second transitions between like high energy sitcoms. Like, okay, but like, what the, it, yeah, but, the, the, but the show really like, <laughs> It starts off with that, where it's just like, okay, here's, like, step, step, kick, clap, throw someone in the air, and all that stuff. And, like, it's stuff we've seen a million times before, and, like, Sue's riding their asses about it. But the show's really about, and, like, the episode ends with this big don't stop believing number, which is Ugh. full of kind of, like, passion and creativity and, like, individualism, where, like, the cheerleaders are, like, just faceless, mindless zombies. And, like, the characters of Quinn and Santana are in this episode. They barely do anything. Because, okay, yes. Where was Santana? Um, I didn't even remember seeing her. Like, she's just, like, standing next to Quinn the entire time. And, Is like, she really? Sometimes, yeah. Like, I know there are deleted scenes where, like, they snap at, like, Rachel in the bathroom or something like that. But, like, yeah, like, she, like Santana has doesn't have a line, even God. though she's, like, throughout the entire show. Is she the one standing next to um sue at the end when they're doing don't yeah. believe and they do the end yeah shot. at the end when it's just like ooh, these characters coming back so yeah. <laughs> I mean, that shot is so disney villain like it's beyond <laughs> it, it, it's that shot where it's uh sue and quinn and santana the, the, like you know the like this second cheerleader who quinn's the only one who has had lines in the entire episode and they're very yes. brief and santana like if you're only watching the pilot which we only did like 
The only reason we know who Santana is is because we know the rest of the show. Like, yep. she's just like, yeah, this girl staying in the background. But yeah, like in this, in the big Stone, Don't Stop Believing episode number, like show-stopping number, you see her uh, with Quinn and uh, uh, Sue Sylvester. And yes. then you see Puck come in and just be like, I'm the tough best friend who's like, oh, I'm disappointed in my friend. But, you know, a couple episodes in, I'll probably be involved okay. in this shit. Also, not the... <laughs> Not them going to bully Kurt and Finn's like, oh yeah, let me hold your bag. Like right before they throw him in a dumpster, he's like, yeah, I'll take your bag for you. And how Mr. Schuster is just like so <laughs> ignorant to be like, you cannot see this like the gang yeah. of football players around like the one queer student. Like their by body the energy, like their physical energy is so violent, and he's so like, hey guys, it's like- <laughs> physical energy of where thirty year olds being told to play high schoolers. <laughs> it's ridiculous. We're gonna oh throw this guy in the dumpster, but it's very gentle how they put him. They they pick, they pick him up and place him in the dumpster. They don't throw him in anything. So okay, so while so. For reference, I watched the pilot last night completely high out of my mind because uh, mm-hmm. I felt that, that was the best frame of mind to be in. And I wrote a stream of consciousness in my notes. Yes, you mentioned this to me. I, of course, was high as well, but probably not <laughs> as much as you. You were probably, you know... I was vibing. I, 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 I don't was, know what the hell you were on. This this pilot, at the time that it aired, was very important to me because, yes, it was queer representation. And though, looking back now, it seems very small and it seems very minuscule. It was, like, really the first time... That as much as um, Kurt is a stereotype, he was allowed to play within that stereotype. But here's the thing: sense. in the pilot episode, he barely has a presence because that's like, true. As originally conceived, he was not involved in the show. Like he, I'll get to this. I wrote fun facts later. I want to see your stream of consciousness. Uh, like <laughs> you, you want to see it? Oh, uh, okay. So, oh, oh, look at all these words. Okay. Oh, so, God. the first wor- note that you have here is: <laughs> why, why is this a decom? For yes. those who don't know, that's Disney Channel original movie. I assume that's like... That the, opening the, shot, it just gave me decom vibes of them doing the bring it on cheerleader. <gasps> you also wrote this uh, down. You think this is hard? Getting waterboarded is hard. That literally hit me in the jugular. How the... Who... Like, Ryan Murphy, what the fuck? You think this is hard? Getting waterboarded is hard? Like, again, 2009. <laughs> I think we were just coming to terms with the fact that we were torturing people during that war. Oh, and it was just so funny. But I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, just like, yeah, I mean, yes. Like, does that imply <laughs> that Sue has been waterboarded? I remember other versions of that line because, like, that was... I think that was kind of pitched as like a catchphrase moment for her through through for the show. Was that what they were trying to do? Was because like, it became one line. I remember they were what, trying to give her I a remember, catchphrase. I mean, like you think this is hard section. Oh, okay. They clearly okay. kind of like diverge from that. But I remember there's one line in other episodes where like you think this is hard. Try living with hepatitis. That's hard. <laughs> I remember. That. There's another line. You think this is hard? I'm passing a gallbladder as we speak. That's hard. Yes. That's in another yes. episode. So yeah, like. Absolutely, the one line we get with this is getting waterboarded is pretty hard. No. Bullying. Why is this American Beauty directed by John Waters? What? American okay, Beauty. okay. So that is genuinely how I felt watching this entire pilot. If you, okay, here's the thing. Glee, after the pilot, when it literally became, when it got picked up and then season by season slowly, and I know, okay, so I know we're talking about the pilot. I'm looking, I'm, uh, yeah, I know, I'm looking at your notes. And I know. Like, for, for I can't right. go through these one by one. It's nonsense. Yeah. Like, I know what you're referring to. Yeah. Like, okay, when, you so, say, when you say the Lopez show, I know what you're talking about. Oh, because like, the tra- there's two <laughs> transitions where they, like, show, like, students, just students, not even cheerleaders, jumping up in the air and smiling at the camera, but they cut quick, and I was like, what the, what? I know one of those is Quinn, and they have her do that, and then just, like, other random students who are just, like, you're a Yes. Show during the Shining Star. 
this episode has like a big soundtrack to it. There's a lot of just like songs that are in this. Other yes. than the ones they just sing. So, okay, here's the thing. I am going to keep myself, obviously, because that's the point of this podcast, limited to this pilot. Um, in yes. terms of referencing Glee for a moment, I will say I know what Glee became down the road and tonally what the entirety of the cast and crew picked up on and how that became more of a satire than what I think it was initially trying to be. I mean, of course, kind of. I, at the point where it like reached Simpsons level where it was like, wait, we're still doing this show. Yes. Which, you know, like at a certain point it was just like, I mean, I fell off the show around like season three, like after like the yep. main people graduated and then they were like, Oh, we're going to follow some of them. And also the school and also this, I was like, okay, this is too much. And, like, Literally the first three seasons of Glee were like, not iconic, but iconic. Like, they were the best, and it yeah, should have just they ended were, there. Like, I remember, like, they were, they, yeah, like, those first three seasons, because I want to start by saying, like, most of the characters that we meet, I think, are supposed to be sophomores, because, like, they, okay. I believe most of them carry on to, yeah, all these characters carry on to at least the third season, and some to the and that And that makes meaning, sense. But yeah. Me, meaning that, like, these characters, these are, like, old-ass actors, they're yeah. all playing like can I be like fifteen or sixteen year olds? Like that's yeah. That's that that cool. always kind of made me feel weird. Where I was like, okay, like you couldn't find a talented like child actor, and like they got Broadway actors. Like they have Leah Michelle in there, who is of course iconic as Rachel Berry. And like, <laughs> yes, do you have thoughts on Rachel? I have thoughts on Rachel. I have <laughs> okay. The current thought I have it being uh, August twenty twenty one. Is, has anyone checked on Leah Michelle today? Because on a side note, Beanie Feldstein is going to play Funny Girl on Broadway, and Leah's been trying to do that for the past like ten years, and I don't think Leah's doing well. I, I mean, yeah, I had like I wrote down in my notes about yeah, like she's like she, this is her only really big thing that she's. Done. She was in the original cast of Spring Awakening, which yes. I didn't know until like beyond. That, like, I didn't see her in the, I heard the cast album not knowing it was her, mm. but I didn't look for it until I saw the pilot of Glee in 2009. Yeah. And then I'm I like, hadn't even yeah. heard of Spring Awakening, Spring Awakening until, like, long after I had seen Glee. Oh, okay. So, like, I watched, like, that Tony clip, and I'm like, oh, wait, she, she did this before that? And, like, Jonathan Groff as well? And like that? Yes. Yeah. I know Matthew Morrison was in uh, Hairspray, the original cast. Yes. Oh, like, my God. <laughs> as you say John Mutter's energy like but like I feel like he should be like he's obviously like uh, Mr. Schuster or Mr. Shu as we come to know him yes. as like the like like the character who we're supposed to be following his dream and like kind of like this blank slate character but also has to have this interior like I know Matthew Morrison can like be big and be weird he was like Grinch on TV. He did that Grinch live thing. I don't think anyone's ever going to forget that. I think I think we're all collectively traumatized. <laughs> Before that, he was doing Broadway and like small acting roles, and then he was just like just quietly the lead of this six season TV show. And like no one's really like talks about him when they talk about the entire show. That's true. Like if you talk about Glee as like a cultural phenomenon, no one really talks about Mr. Schuster, even though he is like the central person. Like, he's, like... He is the one that the show was built around. Like, the students are meant to kind of be side characters. Obviously, Rachel becomes, like, more of a lead in Finn as well. But, you know, it's about him. Like, in this first episode, obviously, coming to terms with the fact that, like, he's about to have a child and he has... They were trying to start a child with, like, the wife who he shouldn't be with. 
the one who's worked at Sheets and Things. I that I got a huge crack out of that growing up because like, ah, ha, ha, like linens and things. And, and then I'm like, oh, wait, like they're not really doing anything with that. It's like, okay, it's just sheets and things. They just Oh, I fully as a kid, I didn't even know that was a thing. I took it as just an offshoot of oh, uh, no, like, like I, Bath and Beyond. Oh, no, like there is a store called Linens and Things. Okay. And like it's an even more direct, like when you think about it, like, yeah, they, they just have like sheets and towels and things like that. And what a boring fucking store. Like, you, but you don't really think about that until they just change, like, the sheets and things, where it's like, yes, it's the same exact thing, but, and, like, she takes such pride, she's like, I work 12 hours a week at the sheets and things, and I'm trying to be manager, I'm like, okay, you're not, not contributing to this family. Okay, also the fact that the guy in the pilot so clearly should not be working there, and he, he says that he has carpal tunnel and he can't fold, and she's like, then what are you doing working at sheets and things? Like, I will what? say, I will say, like, he's trying to fold a fitted sheet, and you cannot fold fitted sheet i mean somewhere people can fold fitted sheets but you you can't fold a fitted sheet it's one of the hardest by far (laughs) i understand if you work at a place called sheets and things or linens and things or whatever you might need to fold something like that yeah but at the end of the day like give the kid a break like he's probably working more hours than she is (laughs) um okay that's that is the one thing i felt throughout this entire pilot it this might be weird to say this whole Excuse me, this whole pilot feels like Ryan Murphy's American Beauty. Like, if you if you if you watch I need it with you to the, elaborate on that though. Okay. Like, well, yeah. If you watch it with the energy it has, I know the number one thing I picked up on is the pilot feels the most cinematic out of the entirety of anything Glee has in it. As most pilots are. Yeah. Yes. And for me, I realized I think that's because they shot it on film. Mm. And so it has that like almost late 90s look to it and the more that it went on the more i realized it wasn't so much american beauty for me it's election pilot the the glee pilot has election energy it's it's this subversive high school where people say what they feel which at that time was a shift that we could feel happening in the american education system at least in terms of public school because i know as a kid as much as i was young and growing up in a public school setting like we didn't really say what we felt and around 2009-10 when network shows were like, hey, you're an adult and you're allowed to feel things. We yeah. were like, oh yeah, fuck it. Like, And like, that's the thing about this show. Glee like, was clearly kind of like meant to be a more adult show. It's obviously set in mm-hmm. high school with high schoolers, but a large part of like a very young audience like clobbed onto it. Like I obviously was watching it when I was 12 and I definitely didn't understand much about what was going on when I was 12. I was like 14. The whole, like, chronic lady oh miracle God. marijuana thing with, like, Steve Kowalski, <laughs> like, I was like, wait, okay, okay, this guy got in trouble for having, like, a manila envelope? Like, I didn't even register the fact that there were drugs in there. I was like, is that what drugs, do all drugs come in manila envelopes? His whole backstory <laughs> Rewatching it rubbed me the wrong way. Like, oh, I don't absolutely. Know, I, I don't know like, why in 2009 that was funny. Like that type of humor to be like, oh, like he's a teacher, and it's like, it's like it's, it's pedophilic. It's like, oh, oh my god, people think he touched a student. And it's but like, like, but he's just, and when when he says, oh, when when that happened to me, my long distance girlfriend in Cleveland, I'm like, okay, so are you gay? Are you what? What the hell's going on? And that's okay. That was the weirdest thing for me about his character. It. When I, I started think, I watching, think he's just a pedophile. But see, okay, now here's the thing that makes me cringe: is I, I, I within reason agree with you, but character-wise, it almost felt like Ryan Murphy. It almost felt like he wrote himself in there without, like, subconsciously. 
like, I mean, it, it just feels like the older gay who's like, I'm knowledgeable, I'm I'm privileged, I sell weed, I'm, I'm out of the school system now. And I was like, is this Ryan? Did he write himself in here? I mean, I don't think I was probably Ryan because, like, I that's probably someone that Ryan looked up to. Mm. Like, that's clearly Which kind of... would be worse, but... Like, I, I, I know he's credited as having, like, it's a special guest appearance, Stephen Tobolowsky... Okay. So, like, I don't think he was meant to be, like, a recurring character. I know he shows up more in season one. But hmm. all I know is that, like, yeah, it's just, like, I don't know. Like, he's really only there just to kind of, like, justify the fact that, like, when I read the the pilot script, there was, like, a long kind of, like, voiceover being, like, okay, so there was this one choir teacher, and then she retired, and then, hmm. then, uh, that Ryerson or that Sandy Ryerson, uh, yes, took over and now he's gone. So now I'm taking over, and it's like a call monologue versus this is they kind of like make it very brief. Or it's just like, oh yeah, he got fired. Oh yeah, he touched a kid. I'm taking over Glee Club now. Also, and I know, I know it's because there was such a disconnect between the pilot and then when the show got picked up. Yeah, and again, I don't mean to talk about the series uh, in retrospective, but do you remember? Later on, I think it was right in the first season when they added, when it got picked up, they added the character of the chorus teacher that like impacted Will's life, or the uh, the, the show choir teacher. They had her picture oh. like in a frame, and it was in yeah. Because then they call back to it in the finale, and they have the same thing for I think Finn. Yeah. Oh yeah. So going back, like I, when I read the scripts and like in the script for the pilot, which is different from because there's clear scenes that were shot in Glee. Like there's a prologue. That takes place in 1993 in Epcot, where like Will's high school, like the Lima Will, Will's uh, choir team goes and performs that like 70s like number that yes yeah on the laptop yes they, okay. they filmed that entire thing that's right and so like yeah <laughs> oh she God. was like they so like that teacher who was supposed to be like his inspiration like they have like they just have her in like a frame. That was okay. That was gonna be my question: Is where was she in the pilot? Because then when they got picked up, she was seemed like such an. As much as she wasn't a character that we actually saw, we only saw her in pictures or in yeah. flashbacks. She meant so much to Will. So I was like, where was that in the pilot? Okay. Yeah. So okay. on the cutting room floor, that's where it is. Of course. Oh fox. I, I remember. Well, I remember, like I pulled up the script this morning, and I was like, okay, I'm just assuming it's gonna be like somewhat similar structure. And then it's like. Uh, ex- exterior Epcot Center, nineteen ninety three. I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's the right script. They and said, then, they said Chet's reading. Let's set it in Disney right now. Oh yes, they knew. <laughs> I, they knew I was reading, so they had to like specifically go to Epcot Center. <laughs> Chet, would, Chet, would you say you're a Disney adult? Is uh, that the correct terminology? Uh, I mean, adult is the stronger, uh, is the more ambitious term. <laughs> oh my god. Ah! Adult is pulling a lot of weight. Fair, you know what? Fair point. <laughs> Yeah, like, I understand that probably, like, for some reason they didn't want to, like, put Epcot in this Fox pilot. Oh, I am more than certain that had to be a copyright liability. I'm sure Disney, well, now, now it wouldn't be an issue. Now, now, oh, oh, absolutely, like, there's probably a Glee ride at Epcot Center. That would, oh, they could have done that. Oh, Oh my God. It's like, oh, no, the slushie's coming at me, ah, and then they douse you in red. Imagine, like, it's a small world. But it's animatronics of all the <laughs> Glee kids. I imagine more Pirates of the Caribbean, <laughs> where you're kind of just like, because where like they're all human-sized robots. You're going through, and it's just like, 
you see someone being like, I'm shoving you in a locker. <laughs> I'm shoving you in a locker. Like the robots auto loop doing the one thing over and over again. That's kind of like how Ryan Murphy writes things where it's just like, this is the archetype and they're going to walk in the room. They're going to do the thing that they do and they're going to leave. And you're going to be like, wow, high school was rough. Listen, Ryan Murphy has yet, I think, I think he's legitimately yet to let go of a stereotype. I don't think he's really ever written. Well, okay. I don't think he's ever necessarily written a character out of an archetype or a stereotype, excluding the normal heart. The normal heart was like his one, like Emmy. Well, I mean, the normal heart is like dive. based on like a very dark, dramatic play. He wasn't, oh, yeah. He, he was not going to like t- t- turn that into glee. Oh, no, no. I mean. And thank God he didn't. But, yes, yes. <laughs> Which, side note, I love his, I love his rendition of the normal heart. Oh, Julia Roberts kills that performance. Um, yeah, like Ryan Murphy's a pretty decent director. Like, yes. He, he's mainly writes on like the 50 shows that he does. Like he's done so much fucking TV. I will say some of his more recent stuff is a little more of a gamble than it is actually good. Like, okay. Uh, Hollywood? Netflix is Hollywood. I heard bad things. It's, it is wildly ambitious. It tries very hard to reinvent the wheel, but it comes off a little cloying and a little like all knowing kind Mm. of. But then again, I think one of his best things he's ever done is, uh, nip tuck i it's subversive it's weird it's extremely adult it said fuck it and just tried to like do everything i remember watching the first season of ratchet and i'm like i want this to be more like ratchet was like you know like it was supposed to be like his american horror story type thing but like with a well-known story but like it was just kind of there really wasn't much there he he overworks himself he needs to pick one thing to stick to because like he had this, and he had, like, the new normal on TV at the same time, and, like... He really did. Okay. And then American yes. Horror Story was soon after, and, like, I think, like, Glee kind and of... And then American Crime Story. Oh, yeah. Oh, my like, God. And, and then, of course, he did The Prom. He, like, all this out of order, of course. Uh, he did all his fucking Netflix shit. Also, just because no one ever talks about it, and t- I think to this day they're still trying to pick up a season two or develop a season two, um, feud with Betty and Joan, the Betty oh, and Joan story. Are they doing a It second... was amazing. I heard good things. Are they doing it? What would the next feud be? Like... I know, or at least I think I know the one they were trying to prep was um, what eventually became American Crime Story. They were trying to do, I think, OJ versus, um, or not... I mean, yes, OJ, but not OJ directly. Um, the Kardashians versus, uh, well, was it OJ? I guess that was like, the, ca- the court case. I mean, yeah, what other court case would there be? I, th- well, I think I think he was trying to create, like, the literal courtroom drama that was that, but have it, how it directly impacted the Kardashians, their mom, Chris, mm. um, And then that spun off into American Crime Story as opposed to becoming a season of Feud. Interesting. I so he, think. Don't uh, quote me on that, but I think. Don't worry. I won't quote you. We'll record, we'll record <laughs> yes. the audio. Um, but Feud with Betty and Joan, if you guys haven't seen it, it's literally the best thing he's ever made. Like, each episode is a full movie. It's amazing. Oh, my God. The performances, the writing, the, the fucking period costuming. Oh, my God. All right. So I have a list of fun facts for you about this uh, episode. I put a list together. Uh, there are five fun facts. I don't know if it's always going to be five. But, okay. you know, just compiled them. Just wrote them out. Would you like to read the first one off for me? Mm-hmm. Let's just get okay. our thoughts on these fun facts. So this episode's cover of Don't Stop Believin' reached number four on the Billboard charts in June of 2009. 
<laughs> the number one song was Boom Boom Pow by the Black Eyed Peas, Ushering in the New Era or 2000 and Late. I hate you. Yeah, um, come on. Don't you think Glee is the introduction to 2000 and Late? Yeah. Like, well, like George Bush is gone and like Obama eras are on the rise and we're figuring out what the hell to do. I think that's like 2000 and Late, I think. Listen, that's what ushered in the era of Sue Sylvester covering Nicki Minaj songs. And if we I, didn't get I don't that, think I got to that episode. If we didn't get that, I don't think I would have been gay. So, uh, speaking of which, actor Chris Colfer originally auditioned for the role of Artie. Yeah. Oh, wow. And sang Mr. Cellophane at his audition. The role of Kurt Hummel was created for Colfer after Ryan Murphy saw the audition, and Kurt has become the character Murphy relates to the most. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. I, I, like when you were talking about Stephen Tobolowsky being like the like the Ryan Murphy archetype, like Kurt became that. Yes, because like I believe like again second episode I think is when we find that like a, or when he comes out as gay and when he becomes more of like a real central character. Yeah. This one he really only has like two lines and he's just like, yeah, I'm in, I'm the other guy in the Glee Club who's not in a wheelchair. <laughs> I will never forget. Um, this will be the, I apologize, this will be the last time I reference something later in the season of Glee, but they're somewhere in season three when Kurt and Blaine are a thing. They get in a fight at a gay bar, and the exact words that come out of Kurt's mouth, and I have not forgotten them since this episode are, I just wanted to be your gay bar superstar. I, like, why is that a thing okay, that someone that, physically that, that sounds later than season three. That's no, it's, no, it's season three. It's, um, three. they go to a, they go to a gay club and they get in a fight with, um, the guy who ends up being the Flash on the CW. Oh, Greg Gustin. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. And I was like, okay, like, I was there for Greg 100%, but then Kurt says that line and I was like, who the fuck wrote this? What the, what the, gay bar superstar? <sighs> At what, 17 years old with a fake ID? Yeah. No. <laughs> um... Okay, let's see what else you have. After Leah Michelle stopped, oh wow, stopped singing mid-audition when the piano player skipped the second verse of On My Own, demanding that she sing the entire song. Michelle has been described by her castmates as irritatingly similar to the character of Rachel, my two gay dads, my two gay dads, Barry. Rachel Barry as a character was definitely a showcase for Leah Michelle, the actress. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's sad that she didn't do much more beyond it. <laughs> okay, so the, <laughs> the next one is about our favorite character. Steven, how do you pronounce his last name? Tobolowski. Tobolowski. Steven Tobolowski plays Sandy Ryerson in, uh, Sandy Ryerson, sorry. In 1993, Tobolowski played the character Ned Ryerson. Oh, oh no. In the Bill Murray comedy Groundhog Day. Alex Ned no. Ryerson! <laughs> no, that, that classic guy. I knew the name Ryerson sounded familiar. And with that face and that voice. I cannot believe. Yeah. They used the same I guess. Why? I guess just because they have the actor. Wow. Sandy Ryerson, Ned Ryerson. Wow. That's interesting. Wow. Um, oh, this I did not know. Okay. During her audition, Leah Michelle slapped one of the casting directors while reading a scene where her character slaps Finn. When the producers started to laugh, Michelle stopped the audition and said, "This isn't comedy. This is my sad face. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it again, and you are all going to cry." Yeah. What the? When I read that, I God. thought, "Okay, I have to put this in there." I'm like, "That's that's how an insane person communicates." Like. You don't like. You don't say you're reacting to this wrong as an actor. I can't. Okay. Things. 
I, okay, I'm not saying I understand that at all. I can simply understand it from the viewpoint of when you're in an audition space, if you're trying to sell an emotion, you don't want them to have the adverse reaction. So if it is, if she was reading for a genuinely sad scene as much as she probably should have said to the casting director, hey, I'm going to slap you. And that's what became funny. I can understand being in the moment and slapping them and having them laugh and being like, "Excuse me." But like, that's something that where if, but it's, if you do that in an audition, you're yeah. know you're gonna get a reaction. Hopefully, that reaction is like a positive one. Oh, that's ooh, that's. But like, you know, if you're not getting the right one, like you don't say like you're doing this wrong, especially if you slap a poor man in the face. But see now, that's why I, now I'm concerned because Ryan Murphy. It sounds like he had several red flags and he ignored every single one. I think he just kind of like said, "Okay, these are red flags. I'm gonna put them in the show." Yeah, and the show like had yeah. so much kind of like behind the scenes cast like drama. Like again. It was a bunch of young, beautiful, talented actors. They were all fucking one way or the other, like all hooking up with each other. And like, I'm sure like they were all like in multiple relationships. I'm sure there was like people like as much as like the Glee Club eventually like fights for parts and things like that. I'm sure they were all fighting for like their own time in the sunlight. And like the fact that the show like stuck with Rachel beyond season three, I got to she graduated. It's just like, what are you doing? Why we don't care? Like bring her in for a cameo every now and again, but like it should be about the Glee Club. Yeah, and, like, this this show, this pilot, really does kind of capture the like, you know, this is like a good group of kids. We want them to succeed. We see the vocal adrenaline performance, and we're like, okay, they're not going to succeed, but you know that okay. they could. Can we? Bitch, can we please talk about that vocal adrenaline performance? I don't oh, care. I, I have gone my whole life without fully realizing <laughs> how much that like impacted me. Because you you feel that performance in your taint. They oh. are just so they're just so high energy and so on. And the editing with the camera movements is so sharp that you're like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Like you you feel the exact way they look after they see it, where they're like, oh, we're fucked. Oh, like, yeah. It's so good. But then, like, yeah, like oh. and you realize throughout the show, like, yeah, like. They're talking about, like, going to nationals for, like, this shit. And, like, show choir, I'm sure, like, if you have talented singers, you can only go so far. You have to play yes. a little something to go to, like, nationals and regionals and all, like, little sections. Like, all the, <laughs> all the shows they That's end up the going thing, to. too, is they really wanted to go to nationals with nothing. Like, their thought was, like, we'll just sing and be cute. Like, yeah, it's like, because we have dreams. And it's like, no, these people have, like, choreographers. <laughs> yes, and they can pay for Okay, that is the thing that I took away from watching the pilot is as much as I grew up, everyone saying, which I get why, because the times and how it affected people. Um, why don't stop believing was like the best Glee cover. I think it was rehab period. Like it was just so clean and so I mean, precise. Rehab, I will say is like the, like more elaborate, bigger production number. Yeah, And, and it, like, it's yeah. meant to be that kind of whiplash, but I oh, do yeah. think don't stop believing like that scene does still hold up in terms of like, like, oh, it definitely does. It, yes. Like, watching the actors being like, okay, like, when you're watching a pilot, you do have to, like, take into account that, like, there's no guarantee that the thing will actually get picked up. There are so many pilots that go yep. fully produced and then they don't pick them up and then you never see them again, really. And, like, those actors just miss out on an entire season of television, really, because they go whole hog on this pilot that they believe in but then might fail. So, whenever, like, when I, I watch these kind of pilots, I'm like, I'm always keeping myself in that headspace where I'm just like, yeah, like they don't have a series order yet. Like they, like they need to have some like 
humility. Like, and like the fact that Leah Michelle was like pulling all the shit when she was just auditioning for the damn show, which is crazy. That, uh, like, yes, it should have been a red flag, but also, <laughs> but also like, you know, knowing all that and knowing how they were just like, yes, that's what we need as Rachel Berry. Like, they kind of reap what they sow in terms of like having her on set and just being like, okay, we're gonna put this person on set. Yeah. Also, uh, side note, and I know I already said I would stop talking about Glee stuff outside of the pilot, but if you look at those Glee, the the Glee movie, the 3D concert. Oh, um, we need to talk about this Glee 3D if concert. You, oh, I went. Oh, to I that, saw that. I saw that. In I saw that movie the day it came out at midnight with my best friends. Like my pussy was ready. Like I. <laughs> I was that kid who, oh, I can't believe I'm admitting this. I went to the premiere with those 3D glasses with the fucking lenses popped out. And then I, mm, I taped the rim. I taped the fucking nose of the glasses just so everyone knew, hey, I'm a nerd. I'm a gleek. Oh. It was, it was not good. I was obsessed with glee. Like, obsessed. Obsessed. I handed out glee Valentine's Day. Or glee Valentine's on Valentine's Day. I mean, glee was school. a show where, like, you, you, you had to be obsessed with it because there was it's a show where you can't be a casual fan of Glee. That's like, true. Like That's I fell true. off the show because I was like, I can't handle being this casual of a fan. Like, <laughs> like at a certain point, I was telling myself I was just watching for the song numbers, but then I was like, I'm so caught off with like these fucking storylines, and like I have to talk about these things. Like, there's all like the pregnancies and the thing, and like you know, people trading schools, people like seriously, and like. This show, like, at least the pilot, all the songs are very, are diegetic and within the realm of the show, like, but then later on it gets into full, like, musical, num- like, musical sequence, musical, music video, music video yes. sequence, and, like, everything's a fucking fantasy, when really, like, the show, like, starts with, like, all the songs are just people, like, on stage singing a song. Like, even Matthew Morrison, when he just, like, randomly grabs a guitar and sings, I'm leaving okay. on a jet plane. No, I, that was the one song that just didn't work for me with the pilot. It just, yeah. it that, had that the emotion. was, like, one where I was like, okay, this is where the structure's kind of falling apart. Whereas yes. it feels very much like they have to, like, sell the stakes of this, even though it's a TV show and we know that, like, it's going to be a series. I almost wish he sang, like, a Broadway ballad or, like, something that was more of a, like, pouring your heart out thing. And like, I, I they, they give that to Rachel with her on my yes. own sequence, like, and I will say that does like that montage like does encapsulate her character and like it gives you like because in terms of like the auditions, we have Mercedes singing uh, R.E.S.P.C.C. You have Kurt singing uh, Mr. Cellophane, another Broadway song. Then we have yes. Tina singing "I Kissed a Girl" in a very <laughs> okay. Tina's choreo when she fucking slaps when her she legs like that fucking hip thrust, like like. She like I boom like she's like Katy Perry who like she goddamn two thousand nine man <laughs> um with that okay with exactly that I wrote I don't know why I wrote this but with the auditions I wrote okay this shit was dramatic at the time it came out but Ryan Murphy knows how to single you out and be like say hello to your subconscious trauma um I think the 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 musical numbers in Glee which the pilot like you said showcases well. As much as looking back now, it's almost funny. Like, almost all the musical numbers are funny to me and not in a traditional sense in a way that's like, oh, Jesus, like, why did I like this? But every musical number, when the camera just slowly moves around the actors and they're just doing their thing, belting on a stage, it... I it don't always know, it, works. It, yeah, it's but just, on my own when, like, they yeah. just give her, like, the sad moments and, like, especially with the montage of, like, the 
her posting it on MySpace again, 2009, <laughs> yes! and just being like, I have to yes! post a MySpace video every day to make sure that my talent stays sharp. And you see the cheerleaders like going after her, which is that was very real, especially in my high school. That was a very I real believe thing. one of the messages said, "If I were your parents, I would send you back." Yes, <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, like, ouch, harsh, and like, Seriously. you know, but like the show, like I. I it, the, it knew like, its like, emotional core. Like, like the thesis that cap of the episode were really how like Will is like every kid wants to express themselves. That's why they all have a MySpace page. And that's <laughs> encapsulated with Rachel and her obsessive MySpace page. But like this show did capture like that like we were entering this era of like, oh, kids actually like can express themselves in ways that like not every adult's gonna understand and not everything's like you know, yes. like I remember like watching like like there are people who like still do all this. Like there's plenty of like YouTubers and others just like post like just like put a camera in their bedroom and just film mm-hmm. themselves singing a Broadway cover. I've had several friends in my life like <laughs> who have like those Rachel Berry type YouTube channels that are just like, Hi, I'm singing this from Jesus Christ Superstar. And they, they very much like, still exist. Yeah, like they reach to the lens, they hit a button, they hear they hear them play the song and it's like <laughs> Hi, thanks for watching the video. Bye. And like no one watches it, but they're pointing <laughs> their talent. And like like especially in like this small Ohio town where this is set. And also like I I like I was almost writing down notes for this, but like mm-hmm. the one note I almost wrote down like where we cut to like uh Finn's backstory where we see that he's like Oh, it was very his backstory was strangely Disney. Like not Disney, but it had this his backstory was like Malcolm in the middle or like Joe Dirt where it's yeah. just like, well, it was like he, he lives in like the bad part of town. And, like, it was he, like, like sad yet somehow fantastical like the way he was envisioning it was like it was like Field of Dreams like, like if I you never knew my dad and cut to George Bush. Yes. Literally. <laughs> yes. And then okay and then to have to cut later on to his mom because that guy that man that she was with like clearly, the chemical guy. Yeah. Like clearly like he is not a father figure. He did not care. He was just vibing. To have her throw a milk jug. We had extra money to spend. We would spend it on getting the long Yeah. And this guy would just, like, yeah, he would would let the kid play with dangerous chemicals and sing Journey music, but that's not a relationship. This was my question that I wanted to ask you. Yeah. He appears again at the end of the pilot. When when Finn is wheeling um, uh, Artie out, they both look onto the field and see him. Do you think he's there? Is it a subconsciousness of Finn, but also because Artie looks at him? Artie is not looking, like, above the camera. He's looking at him and, like, bobbing his head and, like, notices him. So what is that? He notices the fucking chemical guy? Yeah, and he's, like, the chemical guy is not only spraying there, but he's spraying to the same song. So I'm, like, is this, like, a fever dream they're both having? No, I don't think it's a fever dream. I think that guy just exists in this small town. Well, I had friends in high school who were actively trying to get on the Glee project because they wanted to get on Glee. Mm. And that was... That was a time in my life where it hit me that people can just like people can just audition for things in terms of um, I can't speak words. People can just chase their dreams. Like I think that was the, I know it sounds silly, but at that age, I think I was still asking my parents if I could do things, and it hit me that like oh shit, you could just submit an audition tape and like they can call you back. What? Yeah. Like that. The fact that Glee did that though for my like our generation, generations after and generations before, were just like stuck to a fantastical hour-long TV show about a show choir. Like, that's... Yeah. And that's the thing, is 2009, shows didn't really come out that were meant to be shows. They were always phenomenons. Like, mm-hmm. Hannah Montana, 
as much as I'm about to, I'm about to throw a bunch of names out there, and I know you're probably going to be upset with one of the ones I use, but like Hannah Montana, Breaking Bad, Glee, like these were all shows that as much as... The route, the route Rushmore. Almost. I know. It's, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's those three. It's interesting to me, though, because all of these shows, if you look at their energy and their tone, had pilots that were drastically different from what they became. And then the fan uh, base. That's every pilot. That's a point. Well, oh, yes, yes, thing. yes. And that's yeah. going to happen. But I mean, like, the f- it's like, it's funny and sad at the same time to me because the pilot is the director's intention. The pilot yeah. is the dream. It's the thing. And then what the thing becomes is, okay, now how do we pull a fan base in? And how do oh, we help yeah. them? Like, how, how do we, like, retain, like, these ratings? Like, it's all yes. about, like, keeping away from oh. that second we drop off and everything like that. But just fucking crazy. But yeah, like, this, it's an effective pilot. Like, where would Jane Lynch be if this did not pick up? Where would Okay, this this reinstated Jane Lynch's entire career. Oh, holy fuck. Yeah, like this was like the launch pad. Yeah, and that, that like then she got like Wreck-It Ralph and became like a full on like parody of herself. She was in Who was she in Wreck-It Ralph? Oh, I've, she, I've not she, seen that movie. Yet. You've not seen Wreck-It Ralph? No, no, no. She plays like literally literally Jane Lynch as like a uh oh, fucking Metroid type character. Oh, like Metroid Prime? Metroid? Yeah, like they make they make okay. her kind of like Samus from Metroid. Okay. And, like, she's doing, like, Jane Lynch as Sue Sylvester. I kind of fuck with that. Okay. <laughs> You've not All seen right. Ralph? Like that, no. Like, that was where I was like, oh, Jane Lynch, like, like she's famous, but she's, they're just going to make her Sue Sylvester yeah. and things. My my main driving force behind wanting to see it, though I haven't yet, was Sarah Silverman. When I heard she was involved, I was like, in a Disney project? Like, I was I was very intrigued. Cause that was me with, uh, like, uh, John, uh, John C. Riley in that as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. Um, so we can thank Glee for Wreck It Ralph. I guess is that our grand takeaway? Is that what this is all about? Um, at the point that Mr. Schuster sees Finn in the shower, my stream of consciousness in my notes was <laughs> a fart joke. Oh, penis on the wall, and now a teacher seeing a student singing in the shower. I just Ryan Murphy knew how to be like grotesque and yet also kind of is brave. The word. Like, he was, Definitely like, over the top, and definitely, yes. like, I mean, Glee was one of those shows where, like, it was, like, a pure fantasy, because, like, no school ever, like, I, I love watching this, but it was, like, they're talking about, like, oh, my God, we're losing budgets and things like that, and, like, watching the rest of the show is, like, losing budget, like, you have all these different fucking costumes and shit like that, costumes and sets and, like, giant fucking brass bands. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Not to, not to shoehorn this in, can we talk about the fucking cutaway shot where Mr. Schuster puts up the sign-up sheet and he just puts it, I think he puts it in the uh, in teacher's the, lounge? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, the teacher's, like, oh, all those, the chaperones the, the yeah. yes. Um, the way that Emma absolutely eye-fucks Mr. Schuster and the way that he, without looking at her, bites that apple seductively and then turns around, I was like, what are we doing? What are we doing? And during that mo- during the montage where he's singing, uh, I'm leaving on a jet plane. It just cuts to her with a yearbook of his that, or like from his high school that she didn't go to this high school, but like yeah, uh, and she's just drawing a heart over his face. And I'm like, he's a married man. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? You're you're a guidance counselor. So that was the pilot episode of Glee. If you like us talking about it, Glee, I'm sorry. We'll probably never talk about it again. But, you know, it was nice while it lasted. And if you're interested in watching Glee, it is available on Netflix right now. So if you're... Yes. Yeah, Netflix. Yep, is Netflix. That, that Yeah. Anything else that's on? Um, um, I don't know why this is not on Disney+. Plus. They should put this on Disney+. Plus. 
I feel like that's the next destination. I'm guessing it'll be there by Christmas-ish. It's usually like, they usually, streaming services usually put stuff up within like blocks of months. So I'm guessing that's the next destination. Well, I mean, I don't know how long Netflix has like the rights to this. They could have this for perpetuity. Because I know that's Ryan true. Murphy has like his overall Netflix deal. So I don't know if this is a part oh, of that. Oh, you know what? That's, it's probably part of that. But, but then is. again, it's also a Fox property. So who knows how much control he has. So... Yeah. Either either it will be on Netflix till the end of time, or it will maybe be on Disney Plus or Hulu or something like that eventually. And then we'll think, wow, this is on a Disney product because it is now a Disney product. I think the only FX or Fox uh, Ryan Murphy shows are, I think there's uh, some on Hulu, and I think it's primarily American Horror Story. Well, FX FX has their Hulu like yeah connection. the fx on hulu package but which secure. is really good actually yeah so <laughs> maybe, maybe it'll be on hulu or whatever but yes that was the glee episode and you know um so yeah guys next time we're gonna cover stranger things we're gonna go to hawkins indiana we're gonna uh, ride bikes we're gonna deal with monsters and shit oh daddy harbor oh, oh my god winona rider please go crazy <laughs> <laughs> i love david harbor that man is we will uh, discuss him later yeah all right have a good night you too